You are listening to Fallow Lab, Amichai Lau Lavi's monthly podcast series on the Shemitah year, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Fallow Lab, please visit fallowlab.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Last week, I organized an online Mourner's Kaddish. I created a Facebook event, invited people who I knew were in a month or in a year of mourning in different cities, and with great ease got us all to be on a 15-minute conference call where we shared each other's story, shared a word of wisdom, and recited the Mourner's Kaddish together. There was a flurry of comments and responses on a chat afterwards, and then we all went into the Sabbath. This is a great way to celebrate what Facebook and what technology nowadays can offer us. And I'm grateful. And I'm looking for ways of using technology in useful and healthy and helpful new ways of bringing people together, bringing us closer to ourselves and to each other. This is the good news. But there's other news as well. Increasingly, more and more people I respect and voices that I read with interest are speaking against Facebook, especially with the most recent round of privacy laws and regulations that was passed into effect on January 30th, 2015. Salim Virani, for instance, wrote a post called Get Your Loved Ones Off Facebook that's been making quite the rounds. His warning is quite profound. And there are others. So Facebook, just like many other technological tools, is very helpful. But it's also very complicated. The complexity has a price tag. And one of the things I want to do this month at Fallow Labs Conversation, number five, complexity, is think about this complexity and what we can do to ease, to decide, to figure out what we're doing about this in ways that make us healthier, better balanced, and better balancing our actual and virtual lives. This is Fallow Lab, a year-long conversation about balance, inspired by the Shemitah year, a year of taking off to take on, of sabbaticalizing who we are. In the spirit of a year of letting go and release, we're looking at technology and better balance. So welcome to conversation number five, complexity. Here's a quote from a man dealing with technology and commerce with the complexity of life over 100 years ago. The impulse towards growth and self-realization needs space to come to fruition. We need to stop and shake off the bedlam of daily lives. This is Rabbi Abraham Isaac HaKohen Cook, writing in Palestine, Israel, way back in the beginning of the 20th century. He writes also, The forcefulness that is inevitably part of our regular <clears throat> public lives lessens our moral refinement. There's always a tension <clears throat> between the ideal of listening to the voice inside us that calls us to be kind, truthful, and merciful, and the conflict, compulsion, and pressure to be unyielding that surround buying, selling, and acquiring things. 
So the tension is between the voice inside us that calls us to be kind, truthful, moral refinement, ethical behavior, wisdom, and the compulsion, the pressure to be unyielding in that which surrounds buying and selling and commerce and acquiring the real world outside. I'm looking at uh, Rabbi Cook's words in the book called Shabbat Ha'aretz, The Sabbath of the Earth, which was his meditation on what the Shemitah concept can teach us. And over a century later, I'm thinking about my, my participation in the public market of the online world. Facebook's useful. It is also, potentially, a drain of my energy, a addictive habit that allows me to look at what other people <clears throat> are doing, not necessarily in all of their complexity, but just sides of who we are. And what I'm most worried about with Facebook, because the time suck I can possibly handle, is the increasing warning that my privacy, my decisions, my choices, are not only public domain, but they're being sold and bartered, given to others for gain at the expense of my privacy. Salim Virani, whose, quote I, uh, whose uh, post I mentioned earlier, wrote this on his blog, Get Your Loved Ones Off Facebook, several months ago. It's been read by hundreds of thousands, if not more, and been responded to by many, many, many more serious people who acknowledge this serious man's consideration. He's talking about the Facebook business model. He's talking about their honesty. He's talking about the give and take of what it means for us to be as publicly culpable and vulnerable as we now are by being, for instance, on Facebook. He writes the following. Facebook doesn't keep any of your data safe or anonymous, no matter how much you lock down your privacy settings. Those are all a decoy. There are very serious privacy breaches like selling your product endorsement to advertisers and politicians, tracking everything you read on the internet, or using data from your friends to learn private things about you. They have no off switch. That really got my attention. The issue here isn't what we have to hide. It's maintaining an important right to our freedom, which is the right to privacy, and the right to have a say in how information about us is used. We're giving up those rights forever by using Facebook. In the last month, I simply stopped using Facebook. Something amazing happened. People phoned me, and we really caught up. My family was more in touch. My brother emailed me with updates. Friends popped into my place to say hi. It was like social. This is simply a consequence of Facebook's business model. Facebook sells you out because that's exactly how they make money and they're under heavy pressure from the investors to make more. What can you do about it? Facebook gives you two options. Accept all of this or get off the Facebook bus. Remember, this isn't just about the technical stuff. By staying on Facebook, you're granting them permission to collect and use information about you regardless of you, even using the internet. 
and by staying on, the data they collect on you gets used to create models about your closest friends and family, even the ones who opted out. Which is why Virani calls on us to get ourselves and our loved ones off Facebook. The link to his article is on the Fallow Lab site, Conversation Number 5, Complexity, as are the other texts by Rabbi Cook, by Douglas Rushkoff, by Javi Brooks, the fluent self-blogger from way out west who's quite a delightful and an important read, and a few others. This is an opportunity for us to take a breath, take a step back, think about our privilege, think about our choices, think about our complexity, and see what does the age-old Jewish toolbox of human well-being have to offer us. Can Shemitah, this once-every-seven-year pause button operation, give us ways to deal with the modern questions as well? Do I or do I not stay on Facebook? Shemitah, I want to suggest, gives us this because it gives us a way think about ourselves in the context of the larger story. I want to read another quote. This one from Yigal Deutscher, a dear friend who wrote about envisioning sabbatical culture. Taking on its own, Shemitah is a riddle with no answer. In order to begin to understand the intricate puzzle that is Shemitah, we must first connect the six years and the seventh, the individual parts of the cycle to its flowering conclusion. The six years of the Shemitah cycle are those of cultural design. The seventh is the indicator year, the ultimate check-in, to see how we are collectively doing as a culture. Shemitah itself is not an isolated moment in time, but rather a cyclical expression of a vibrant culture rooted in local food systems, economic resiliency, and community empowerment. For us today, the Shemitah cycle can take shape as a story of transition from the isolated self towards holistic community, from perceived scarcity towards revealed abundance. It is a story so old and ancient that we have forgotten just how much we need it today, now, for our own survival, for our own evolution and growth. Yigal's words are also on the Fallow Lab site and on many others as well. And these are important words to listen to. It is this move from the isolated self to the resilient, holistic community that I'm thinking about, and that the Facebook participation worries me, because that's where complexity comes in. On the one hand, it brings me closer to so many people with ease, just like this Kaddish example shows. People contact me on Facebook, people I've never met, with sensitive requests, with ways to reach out. I'm easy to find there. And people who I know contact me there. But the price tag of the privacy settings is alarming. And the complexity of participation in the digital marketplace is confusing. And that's why I want to go back to Shemitah, not as a farmer and not as somebody in Israel, but someone using this concept to think about what can be released, what can be paused, what can be let go in the interest of better balance.
Douglas Rushkoff, a friend and teacher, wrote this fantastic book that we are using as our core text this year alongside Rabbi Cook's called Program Will Be Programmed. Chapter 5, with the fifth of his Ten Commands for Good Living, is about complexity. And he writes the following. The more complex our technologies become, and more impenetrable their decision-making, especially by our increasingly simplified gist-of-it brains, the more dependent on them we become. Their very complexity becomes the new anxiety, replace, replacing the admin's storytelling as the predominant form of social influence. While digital technology liberated us from our roles as passive spectators of media, their simplifying bias reduced us once again to passive spectators of technology, technology itself. For most of us, the announcement of the next great I-thing provokes not eagerness but anxiety. Is this something else we will have to pay for and learn to use? Do we even have a choice? With each upgrade in technology, our experience of the world is further reduced in complexity. Hmm. Rashkoff is putting it on the table as is, and throughout his book he's giving us advice for what to do to better balance the digital and the actual. How to live lives with a moral, ethical well-being that we seek even in an increasingly complicated digital world. People are listening. There are a lot of voices, online, offline, trying to make sense of this new digital technological reality. I found one voice in the writing of Javi Brooks, whose blog, The Fluent Self, and whose fantastic ideas about play and about well-being are quite viral throughout the online world. One day I hope to go play in her pirate ship. In Portland. She writes about Shemitah and um, I don't know about her Jewish background, I don't think it matters, um, but she found about it, she found out about it and wrote about it and she wrote about the notion of lying fallow and how to really let go in many ways. So what she writes about is the following, as a, as a way to respond perhaps to, to uh, Rashkoff and to what we're thinking aloud about, how to use Shemitah especially in the context of the, of the tech well-being. Even though this current Shemitah year began in the fall with the Jewish New Year, I'm going to begin mine at the end of February, which incidentally is the day I'm recording this, which is when I embark into the year in my business. I'm going to devote this year to releasing and letting go in all forms, not just releasing, easing and releasing, allowing the releasing to be a softening into releasing, clearing out my space, my home, my closets, saying goodbye to everything that is no longer harmonious or congruent, releasing, grieving what needs to be grieved, releasing, getting quiet, time to honor the decisions being made, instead of forcing decisions or making decisions based on what I think other people want from me. So Javi Brooks is leaving us with this question. What do you do? When do you do? And how would you do? 
if you were to do this consciousness thing seriously? When does one take conscious daily, weekly time for no doing and just being, Shemitah style? If you were to take a daily, what would what time would that work for you best? For how long? And here's the big question. Facebook, on or off? Oy, I can go for the fan page and release Shemitah style my page that I've been on for, I guess, a decade in the interest of privacy for me and my community, people in my life, and as a way to say no to the corporate machine that's simply using me as a piece of data while offering me treats but holding a big stick over my head at the same time. On or off? I think I know my answer. It isn't a simple one. But we're dealing with complexity. So think about it as well. What is one digital choice you can make this month, March 2015, to help reduce complexity and increase well-being in your life? And I will just say this. Passover is coming. The time to clean up, clear out all that has been leavened and risen and needs to be cleaned away so we can start a new spring with a better plate. This is Complexity. This is Fallow Lab, conversation number five. I'm Amichal Lavi. Join us in person on the webinar. All the details on fallowlab.com. Thank you for listening. Shalom.